0: You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, we live. We live. we live. It's Locked On Hornets. We're part
1: of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the pod on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow us on Twitter. At Lockdown Hornets. Nada, before we dive into some of the content we have in store today, I thought I would mention the best thing I heard, and that was in the interview that we had on the wake up call with Buster Olney he'll oh, no. be insider extraordinaire. How about this? He casually drops in that his son is a Hornets fan and might be the only Hornets fan in Westchester County up in New York. How crazy is that? That there are actually some Hornets fans out there outside of the city of Charlotte that didn't grow up in the nineties with the cool purple and teal.
0: That is kind of cool, but you know what? Didn't Buster grow up at like Buster came up in like New- uh, Nashville, right? And that's close that's right. enough.
1: That, that is right. Yeah, you're right. He went to Vanderbilt. He dropped he that to today v- yeah. as well. So, so uh, and that's impressive that you know your uh, ESPN talent whereabouts
0: and how they grew up. <laughs> but, it's, it's not like I didn't work for that work for them for like nine months, though, Walker.
1: Um, OK, yeah, that's OK. <laughs> Fair enough. Still, I just was surprised that you knew Buster was from Nashville. And by the way, we're talking about this. If, it's funny because baseball, despite the World Series going on, at baseball, clearly down in popularity, the ratings are the worst they've ever been, which, by the way, hello. And this some Bobby said, too. So it's not just the NBA for everybody to try to make this a social justice thing. You know, we stomp on them anyways. Um, when you're talking about baseball, it's crazy to think that if you were to just like make a Mount Rushmore of current talent, it, Jeff Passan, Buster Olney, and Tim Kirchin I mean, that is a star-studded lineup that one sport has for one individual outlet. All yeah, three of absolutely. those guys are phenomenal.
0: Absolutely. And imagine if they brought back Gammons as like the emeritus. Like, <laughs> think about that. Think about it's how crazy. nuts that would be.
1: Yeah, you're right. You're, I mean, how how crazy is that lineup? And and the thing is, like, all of them are all of them will clown. All of them are good. Are, are down to have a good time. Know everybody in the sport. So fluid when talking. They're they're crazy. That's a crazy baseball lineup. And like basketball has some good ones. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I mean, the football does too in certain aspects. But just to have that three headed monster covering the sport and for one uh, for one individual outlet, it's kind of nuts when you.
0: Think? It, it is actually kind of nuts, and you know the thing is. Again, you know what's also nuts? Apparently that the Golden State Warriors are in love with Denny Avia.
1: Uh, There you go. Nice transition. Who's driving the show here? You just took the steering wheel and turned it right into the leading topic for today. Yeah, a lot to get to there. Um, So as Nada just mentioned, what we'll dive into a certain someone meeting with Anthony Edwards in Atlanta in the second segment. Also some scheduling updates that could come about with the NBA meeting today as well but uh want to dive into this story with denny abdia uh playing in um the, the playing in over in Europe, playing with Israel, and also you know holding dual citizenship with Serbia. So Denny Avdia apparently is uh, the Holy Grail for Golden State, as it's being reported. I'm going to turn this down real quick. My computer scared the hell out of me. Uh, when you look <laughs> at <laughs> when you look at this report coming in, apparently on Thursday morning, the Golden State Warriors worked out Denny Avdia, and they absolutely fell in love. This is according to Ethan Strauss. Apparently, he said quote by all accounts, it was a positive get together, one in which the 19 year old. Israeli impressed observers not only did Abdiya perform well in the workouts, but Warriors officials were blown away after meeting with him. Also, the universal takeaway was that he's a great kid with an immense work ethic. And I think that's something we'd actually heard about him before, is Mm -hmm. that he does have a really good work ethic where you might have some questions with Anthony Edwards being around the right people, as we we were looking at in that agent survey. What do you make of this, though, Nada, that the Warriors are working out Denny Avdia? This is something we've talked about before. I think Kevin O'Connor mentioned this in his uh, mock draft. Um, And he's had Denny there in the last two mock drafts going number two. What do you make of this report, though, by Ethan Strauss?
0: I, I'm kind of divided because there's part of me that's like, OK, how many guys do the Warriors actually like and how much smoke has been coming out of that? And the reason that I kind of look at this with a side eye is because if you've paid attention to Ethan Strauss at all in, in his career, unfortunately, not fortunately and unfortunately, fortunately for him, one of the people that he knows very, very well is, is one Steve Kerr. So would it surprise you if Steve Kerr is playing games and helping feed the misinformation about Denny Avia to where, <laughs> like, hey, Chicago, we may actually take him. Give us something. Give us Wendell Carter and 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 4 and you can have your Denny Avia right there. I, like, I get it from certain aspects, but the other part I don't. The other thing that I think about, and this is something that I've just kept hitting on, is I think the Hornets love Denny Avia a lot more than they're letting on. I know Rick loves him. I know there are a whole bunch of other guys that think he might be the most solid all around prospect and one of the safer ones to draft, despite the fact that his shooting may never show up. But at the same time, again, would it really surprise you if they put, if the Hornets put Avia in the same class as LaMelo? and and Anthony Edwards cuz it wouldn't well, surprise me at all.
1: No, I mean if if the Warriors really did fall in love with them, I mean any team could. And you mentioned the smoke screens. Maybe we can get into the evaluation of what we truly think with Denny, you know, just kind of looking at a lot of different film after this report came out trying to get ready for this pod. Um, you know, looking at the, the Warriors and you mentioned the smoke screens. Nana, I feel like this is the NBA draft that we're going to have more smoke screens than ever because mm-hmm. I just think they'll mean a little bit more in this year's draft with all the uncertainty last year maybe at the top, not in the middle, right? Not when you're talking about maybe the past, past the uh, first three picks, but towards the top, I think it matters a lot more. You go last year, everyone knows the Pelicans are taking Zion, despite mm. David Griffin refusing to let you know beforehand. You know, and then if that's the case, everyone knows that the Grizzlies are going to take Ja Moran. Everyone understands that New York Knicks are going to take RJ Barrett. You go back, you know, a couple of years, we're able to pinpoint who the number one overall pick is for the most part. We got our Ben Simmons and understand that he's going to go first overall, right? And Brandon Ingram is going to go second overall. Um, you know that we understand all of that, and I think the smoke screens that they might try to let on in those drafts at the top kind of fall upon deaf ears. And then Mm -hmm. this one, it's like, well, this one has a chance to actually catch fire because all of these general managers are like, oh, hell, they really might like Denny Avdia because there's nobody that separates themselves at the top of this class. If we want Denny, we're going to have to go jump the Warriors or take their spot and entice them to give up their second overall pick with what we might have to give them. I I just think that at the top of the draft, maybe the smoke screens actually are a little bit more effective than in years past at the uh, at the top of the draft um, from what we've seen.
0: I I see. There's there's a part of me that does agree with me. There's a part of me that does that kind of disagrees as well, because quite honestly, we're talking about a, a draft where everyone's saying the talent, the better chances to take the swings and the bites of the apple, the better value is seven through 15, seven through 20, what have you. So if that's going to be the case, then a lot of these smoke screens are just going to be like going out of business sales. It's like it's like your favorite store. It's like your favorite dollar store having that going out of business sale. Things are going to be sold at 50 cents on the dollar. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to buy it because you'll find it somewhere else for 33. So I'm not. No, I know.
1: And Yeah. My bad, my bad. I'm just saying, like, I know what you mean. Like, maybe they're just so paranoid, they don't know what to do. And so they just say, ah, screw it. I can't buy into it. I'm just going to stay home and and not fall for it. And, uh, you know, that they could just be putting these reports out there, uh, falling upon deaf ears because they're paranoid and people are like, all right, we're not going to move. It's just, it's funny to see at the beginning of this. Cause I mean, I guess my point is David Griffin, David Griffin could have told us anything like, Hey, we really Mm. like John Morant. You're taking Zion. I mean, it's like, you know, I'm calling your bluff all day long, you know, and maybe they maybe we can go to um, Philadelphia trying to tell us, hey, we really like Brandon Ingram. Like, all right, you're taking Ben Simmons, you know, like, you know, okay, we'll call your bluff. We're not going to trade up. That's not going to happen. Maybe you had that a little bit like it always seemed like Markel was going to be the number one overall pick too. even with Jason Tatum getting some love like that was considered a real strong draft. It just always seemed to me leading up there that Markell was going to be the number 1 guy and and so you know Philadelphia wanted him badly enough Boston was like all right you know we'll we'll go down and to number 3 um it just it's, it's not the case this year and I do find that interesting all right let's dive into a little bit of why the warriors might fall in love with Denny and why the hornets would be a team why uh, my, why might the hornets um be interested in him and if that's the case what things uh they would like about him but first i want to talk A little bit about Roman. Um, Roman, it, it can be awkward or embarrassing to talk about erectile dysfunction. I get that. We usually brush it off or blame ourselves in certain areas, a healthy life, and it does include a healthy sex life. But if you struggle with erectile dysfunction, you may not feel like your best self. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and the privacy of your own home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. And if medication is appropriate, Roman will ship you real medicine with free two-day shipping. The whole process, it's straightforward, it's simple, and it's discreet. They value your privacy. Getting started is simple, too. Just go to GetRoman.com slash locked on and complete an online visit. Erectile uh, dysfunction, it used to be tough to talk about, but now there's Roman. You can complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash locked on to get up to $50 off your first month of BD treatment, a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash locked on for up to $50 off your first month of BD treatment. GetRoman.com slash locked on. More on Denny Avdia coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. I feel like Cody Martin is the perfect guy to go down there right now as much as anybody is.
0: Yeah, no, I I definitely, sorry, I didn't know you were tossing it there. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely think that. Was uh, that a
1: me problem or you a problem? Were you just not listening or was I just, did I I didn't set you up?
0: Oh, I totally uh, wasn't. I wasn't listening to you at all. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast.
1: All right, well, I was going to get into the Denny Avdia news that we came across, but now Sham Sharania is tweeting out at 2.37. So the time that we're recording just a couple minutes ago, um, Sham Sharania tweets out that the NBA is targeting December 22nd for the start of the 2020-21 season and a 72-game campaign that finishes before the 21 Olympics, sources tell the Athletic NBA and the sources tell Stadium. So when we first got to this, when it was Woj, I think, tweeting this out, yep. Zach Lowe, Woj, sources telling ESPN, Wendy, all those guys that they were targeting, they could be tar- uh, targeting a December 25th start date. So right on Christmas Day, the new NBA season begins. Well, now, again, Sham Sharania tweeting out December 22nd for the start of this season, and it would only be a 72-game campaign. What are your first thoughts when you hear this, Donna?
0: I That's a tight turnaround, especially, uh, and I think when we start having these conversations, I just think about the rookies. If you're a rookie and you are getting drafted at on November 18th. And if that's the date and that's in concrete, then you have essentially 34 days to acclimate to a new system, new team, new teammates and play a 75 game campaign that, that coincides with the Olympics. This does not sound smart at all. This sounds like this is going to end up hurting the league in terms of a quality aspect. And the other thing is, What does the union think of this? Because this is just the board of governors saying this. This is not the union. The union is probably going to push this back and say, hey, let's do 60 games and start on on King Day. And I think that's probably a much better solution to them, whatever this is right now.
1: So this is basically 60 days away, Nada, Mm -hmm. from the start of the season. And we don't know what the salary cap is. We don't know the rookies that are going to be with each of these teams. You're talking about a month's worth of prep time for these rookies, not knowing what team they're going to be drafted by and the teams not knowing how to truly implement the rookies into their system with a month's time before the season actually starts. You're not talking about any kind of summer camp for, uh, or summer league for these guys. Um, you're not talking about you know as, as much practice time as you would normally get. And to have that kind of quick turnaround, not to mention, think of the teams that made it past the first round in the NBA postseason and how much of a detriment that's going to be to them. So when we're discussing the Lakers aren't going anywhere, The, one of the most famous pictures from the NBA Finals, at least on the Heat side, was Jimmy Butler leaning over the scores table. I think it was game five, I guess, or, or game absolutely four.
0: exhausted. Yeah.
1: Uh, Just, just dead, just dead tired to the world and finding a way to win that game. And then here you have LeBron James, who's like what? 35, 36. Now mm-hmm. trying to go at it once again next year and Anthony Davis and, these guys do like to take vacation. So I don't know if they're doing the vacation thing right now, if they're coming back, you know, I don't know. I forget how much time LeBron gives his body to rest and then spends the $1 million on his body to get right for the next season. But you're talking about these guys being dead tired um, and then starting starting up again. I, that's got to be a crazy quick turnaround that the players just, they can't be enthusiastic about this, right? Like it, it's it, there's so, there's two Way different sides of the spectrum mm-hmm. where all of the good teams that get to the bubble, they get all of this, practice, get a lot more time to run, but also might be dead tired the further you go. And then the delete eight teams don't play basketball for, you know, almost a damn year. Uh, it, it's basically 10 months that you don't play some kind of organized basketball. And I guess they had the camps. I mean, the two-week camps is more for camaraderie than it is implementing new stuff, and
0: yeah, you it's not enough time. Yeah,
1: um, yeah, and and maybe that balances the competitive edge on both sides to some degree. I don't know. Like I I think, you know, one thing Seth Partno kind of tweeted out was that the the smart front offices are going to prevail, like the more the, the more stable your front office is, the better served you're going to be, which is true in any NBA season, but maybe even more so when you have such a hectic offseason. So this might be some
0: Yeah, this is something, but um at the same time, this is what I wonder about this with the with the, this entire situation Walker is This is going to be a lot of bad basketball. Do people realize how bad the basketball is going to be when we get back? Because like you said, you have these teams that are one dead tired. The others on the other side, they're rusty. This is going to be a lot of games that are going to be unwatchable in the 80s. And the good basketball is not going to get good till what? March at the earliest. That means you're going to have to suffer through a lot of bad basketball and development curve wise. A lot of this makes less and less sense. Like th- those are those two things that I wonder and I worry about when we start having these conversations about what this season is going to look like. The other thing, the one big thing that I and I'll give it back to you, I'll give the contract back to you after this. the The fact that the owners are willing to basically say, "Yo, we ain't gonna have fans," because that again, bringing the bringing the NBA back this early tells me a lot about they don't expect fans and they do not expect a vaccine anytime soon, and they're foregoing that money and they're trying to get those games in to fulfill as much of this contract as possible. And I think that's the other big news about this right here.
1: Uh, The fact that it's just such a quick turnaround when you don't have the NBA free agency period taking place yet, you haven't had a chance for these teams to communicate and try to figure out what kind of trades they want to make because we don't even have the salary cap figured out. And so here we are, October 23rd, Not knowing what the salary cap is, not knowing who's going to get hit, who's going to hit free agency, not knowing who your rookie is for basically another month. And the start date they're targeting is December 22nd, 60 days away. It's just an unbelievable amount of things that all of these franchises have to address in basically two months' time. I mean, we are talking about two months away that the NBA is trying to figure out if they're going to start. And, um, you know, as Seth Part- uh, Partno said on Twitter, it's really going to put an emphasis on the teams with the really smart front offices. And again, we're going to figure out how Mitch Kupchak can handle something like this with all the moving parts and all the people within that Charlotte Hornets organization. It, it does make me think that because they have continued to spew the same message, it, it didn't seem like things were bouncing around haphazardly within that organization. Like maybe it seemed every once in a while with Rich Cho and Steve Clifford at the helm because of the disagreement, it does make me feel more comfortable that there seems to be a lot more stability with the Hornets organization. And thank God that they have that now, because I don't think that would have been the case with Rich Cho and Steve Clifford. Now, granted, I don't think it could have gone much worse. It's not like, exactly. oh, can you imagine the NBA draft history or the, or the how, how bad the NBA draft selection could go in this case? Well, it went pretty bad every single other <laughs> year. <laughs> so it's not like that could have gotten much worse. But I do feel a lot better about the stability that seems to be there with the Hornets organization yeah. as it
0: stands right now. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely.
1: Yeah. All right. Let's get into some Denny Obvious stuff, maybe in the third segment, a little bit more about Sham Sharania's last tweet. But first, I do want to talk to you guys about Built Go. Built Go comes from the same makers as Built Bar, and it's a gel that whether whether it's a mental or a physical wall that you can break through. Uh, with built go every single day and the gels come in easy to take one and a half ounce packages you could put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever or put it in your pocket just to get through the day with whatever with whatever obstacle is in your way. Build Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's kind of like a five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's automatically better for your body. And they come in three delicious flavors too. Peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and also chocolate mint. Build Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. It's loaded with good stuff for you to ignite your work. And Built Go, then uh, it kicks in to keep you going all day long and in a strong way. Visit builtgo.com. And use promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at builtgo.com. Let's go. Plenty more to come on the Locked on Hornets podcast, a part of the Locked on Podcast Network.
0: This is Locked on Hornets. Final play, though, was pretty doo doo. If you missed the shot, you missed the shot, but that was and that good. It was reminiscent of Hornets inbounds years past.
1: I was going to say, yeah, it was doo doo, as you said, and it reminded of what was the other shot that you didn't like, Doug? It's a technical Uh, term,
0: technical basketball term. I'm a smart basketball guy. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast.
1: Always cool to meet fans of the show. I told uh, Gray, who is uh, a fan of the show, that I would give him a shout-out here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. So We do appreciate (laughs) you guys listening to the Lockdown uh, Lockdown Hornets podcast, as always. Everybody that does listen, tune in, interacts with us on Twitter, at Lockdown Hornets, at Walker Mail, at Nada the Scribe. Really appreciate everybody. And he was asking me today, Nada, who are the Hornets? are going to take with the third overall pick. Oh, no. And I, I don't know who they're going to take. I I mean, I'm just going to keep it real with everyone. I have zero clue.
0: No one um, knows anything, guys. No, no one knows no. anything. That's how it is. If, if I had to bet
1: money, I think the way I was going was James Wiseman, just because of the way that roster-wise, it does seem to be the best fit. I know Mitch Kupchak has talked about how they're not going to make this selection based on the best fit for this roster, because the bottom line is they just need talent. Um, James Wiseman still is very talented. And I know that would not be something you would advocate for. I, I, I don't know. Not like, I just think James Wiseman is someone that might be there. But again, Denny Avdia is somebody that seems to be covered by uh, coveted by the Warriors. We'll see if the Hornets do trade up to try to get him. Maybe we can hold off on just our evaluation of whether Avdia really would be worth the second overall pick. But not as something else that broke yesterday was uh, I saw Sheena Quick, a local journalist here, uh, tweet out that Michael Jordan was seen in a gym in Atlanta uh, along with Anthony Edwards, which is something I certainly did not expect that Michael Jordan is out here uh, in the scouting process. What did you make of that picture and that tweet by Sheena?
0: Um, that the Hornets uh, to me, it feels like smokescreen, but except, except for the fact that when you consider the most athletically gifted guy in this, in this draft might be Anthony Edwards, it makes sense. Like it makes so much sense for it, for to draft him if he's there, because if you can hone the talent and you can get it again, you just get him in the right system And granted, Charlotte and Atlanta, he may not be able to escape whatever issues he may have. And that again, they may be overblown to an extent. But for what he is, like, if you're telling me that he's going to be there, then you know what? I might make sure that, you know what? I actually draft him. So it it makes sense. It makes sense, though. It makes a lot of sense.
1: Well, it's just funny that Michael's out there. Like, I, I don't know how many times, ma- maybe I'm wrong on this, but I can't remember Michael Jordan ever really you know, being in a, in a different city with not too many other prospects. I don't know who else was in that picture, but it just looked like Anthony Edwards was the one, of course, we were all paying attention to the most. And so the question is, does that carry any weight come NBA draft time? Dude's the owner of the entire franchise, and yet here we are talking about stability. Here we are talking about Mitch Kupchak being the guy that's making all of the decisions. I don't see that photo and think anything differently. It is interesting to see the owner of the team who has dabbled at basketball operations before actually be there in the gym with an Anthony Edwards. And maybe he doesn't think, but the thing is like Anthony Edwards is going to try to put on as much as he can for Michael. You know, there's, there can't be any motor issues there (laughs) from Anthony. No, not going to be anything lazy about him in that gym. And so, uh, yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting to see. Nada, something you also wanted to talk about in this third segment was another tweet from James <laughs> And that tweet just came in a couple of minutes ago also. That tweet being, Six-time All-Star Amari Stoudemire has agreed to a deal to join New Newbrook, uh, to join... New Brooklyn's head coach, Steve Nash's staff, as an assistant coach. Sources tell the Athletic and Stadium Nash and Stoudemire start together in Phoenix. So, yes, right? I love this. Jacques Vaughn is the assistant coach. Amari Stoudemire is now the assistant coach. Steve Nash is the head coach. And Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are saying they don't even really have any head coaches. Like, I I love all of this. I'm so glad that Amari Stoudemire is on this coaching staff. What do you make of the news?
0: This, quite honestly, Walker, this is like the closest thing to a basketball co-op we've seen in a long, long time. This is the hippie commune of the NBA right here. You got Steve Nash, no real coaches. You got Kung Fu Kyrie out there. You got Kevin Durant, who might be the moodiest guy in the NBA. And even now we're going to add Amare Stoudemire. And don't forget, DeAndre Jordan's in the mix. The guy that, you know what, everyone felt again that Kyrie and KD felt so strongly about that they benched Jared Allen, a better player. Think about this. This could, this is either going to go really, really well, or this is going to be really, really bad. And you know what? I'm here for all of it. You should all be here for it. Because again, worst case scenario, if this fails, that's one less fan base laughing at us. You know what? Think about us here.
1: By the way, I, I believe I have this right that Amari Stoudemire was in the same league that Denny Avia was playing in for he a little blocks. while, if I'm not mistaken. And so, interesting to see how uh, to see uh, that kind of tie come together in this podcast and. You know, Steve Nash is considered the smart guy. One of the more intelligent point guards you've ever seen, you know, being really smart and flashy. And I I do like Steve Nash, the dude, hearing him talk basketball, appearing on a couple of podcasts, always thought that was really cool. I remember listening to Amari Stoudemire one time and all he did really didn't talk about the game. Like I heard Steve Nash, but I heard Amari just kind of talk about his life and his upbringing, which was crazy coming from Cypress Creek high school in Florida grew up with his mom. I know there were problems off of the court there, but Amari it was so fun to watch with Phoenix. Mm. Defensively, mm. not great, obviously, but offensively was such a force, just such an athletic dude. The pick and roll was fantastic between those two. Um, I'm interested to see exactly how revered he is as a coach, how how well that works for him. And at least he does get to work alongside of Steve Nash. And you know, those guys are going to be on the same page, right? Like, mm-hmm. of course, Steve Nash hiring Amari Stoudemire, which is typical of head coaches and what assistant coaches they hire still. I, I love it. I love I, I, I'm cool with this, right? Like get all the stars on a coaching staff and uh, and see how it goes with a couple of other stars that are still playing today with Kevin Durant and a Kyrie Irving. All right. That wraps up this edition. Of Locked On Hornets. Thanks again to you guys for supporting the show. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NBA or really any show on the Locked On Podcast Network. Have a great weekend. We'll be back with you on Monday.